I'm Todd May. Uh, I teach philosophy at Clemson University. Instead of asking what the meaning of life is, we might ask the question, what makes life meaningful? Uh, and that can allow for pluralist answers, but it also steers us away from this objectification of meaning, that there's this thing, the meaning of life out there, that we need to search to find. And if we th ask the question, what makes life meaningful, that approach can be one approach, but it's not the only approach. So I think distinctions in here are very helpful. Uh, and the way I prefer to think about it is not what is the meaning of life, but what makes life meaningful. For Aristotle, what he calls flourishing or happiness is something that is developed over the course of a person's life. It isn't something that one has now. One habituates oneself to be virtuous. And so being virtuous is a life project. And in that sense, the idea of a narrative value that I talk about can be seen as something that unfolds over time. We look at our lives or we look at other people's lives and we ask, is that that life an expression of, of curiosity or intensity or uh, spontaneity or whatever? Uh, so in that sense, I think it's like Aristotle. But there's an important sense in which it's not like Aristotle, at least as Aristotle has taken up in the modern period, where for Aristotle, the way we often think about the virtues is as moral and not simply as things that will add meaning. And that has an important difference because if something is a moral virtue, you have a certain obligation to try to take it up. What's moral involves not simply choice, but, but a sense of obligation. Now, maybe you don't take up all the virtues, but at least any given virtue is something that you have an important reason to take up. Whereas in the narrative values, my thought is nobody has a reason necessarily. They have no obligation to take it up. They might have a reason it would make their life more meaningful, but there's no obligation the way it would be if we're thinking about relating to other people to take this thing up. So in thinking about meaningfulness, we needn't think that um, these are like moral virtues. Uh, if, a person's, if a person doesn't ever act morally toward another person, doesn't ever exhibit the moral virtues, we would say that's a real shortcoming in that person. If a person doesn't, a person's life doesn't express a narrative value, we would think that that might be too bad for that person. But there's not that same kind of shortcoming we think of when we think about morality. The other disanalogy is for Aristotle and for many people who take up Aristotle in the contemporary period, these virtues are natural. They're human. They're embedded in our lives. Whereas I think we can think of narrative values more culturally. But there may be narrative things that make a life meaningful in one culture that might not make a life meaningful in another culture. So I think while it shares this sort of life trajectory character of Aristotle's virtues, I think on the other hand, it doesn't have a sense of obligation and it can be more culturally bound. So I think we can think of this as not a set of virtues that doesn't simply expand Aristotle's, but opens up another area. I want to make a distinction between a narrative value and a story. Stories are narrations. You can have a narrative value without necessarily having a story. And I'll give you an example. 
the philosopher Galen Strawson uh, wrote a book, uh, not a book, an article against narrativity. And he, so he's, he's writing against the idea that life, lives must have stories that have coherent uh, uh, plots. And, and, and basically, he's, his argument is, well, I don't feel it. I, I, I work spontaneously. Uh, I go from one thing to I don't feel like my life has to have a coherent story. And I would argue that, well, Strawson may be right that he can live his life, he used the word episodically rather than diachronically. While, he's, he's, while he doesn't have to have a coherent story, he can have a coherent theme, a narrative value. So to live life spontaneously is to live life expressing a certain value, even when you're not expressing it as a story. So I want to push back a little bit on the idea that we have to think our lives as stories, and yet maintain that there is something narrative going on. But it's, if I can put it this way, it's not in the plot. It's in the theme. So if the theme is expressing spontaneity, then the plot may be all over the place. Right? There may be no coherent plot. But nevertheless, there may be a value being expressed. In expressing narrative values, we can have a plurality of values that we endorse that are even opposites, and they won't necessarily be contradictory. I don't think continuity itself is a value for this reason, that one can have a continuity of, of doing terrible things uh, or doing boring things, right? But there can also be different stages in a person's life. And in those different stages, maybe different kinds of values are appropriate, or alternatively, maybe different ways of living the same value can be appropriate. So, for instance, uh, a person can be adventurous, but then their body starts to give way, so they can't be adventurous in the same physical way, so they find other ways to be adventurous. If adventurousness involves sort of getting wide of yourself and challenging yourself and making yourself vulnerable, there are many ways to do this, but it could be that at certain stages of life, one does it one way, and at another stage of one's life, one does it another way. One time I gave a talk on narrative values, and somebody came up to me and said, well, you, your discussion doesn't necessarily say that being religious is meaningful, because you're talking about a silent universe rather than a theologically invested universe. So is there a role for that? And my response was, there is, because one of the narrative values can be spirituality. But spirituality is a matter of something, a deep commitment to something transcendent. And that transcendence can be of various kinds. It can be a theological entity, it could be something else. But it involves a commitment to transcendence. And a real commitment to transcendence is going to involve you in something larger than simply your own day-to-day -day life. I mean, you hear people, I'm sure you've heard people say, I'm really spiritual, right? And then they don't do anything <laughs> that would indicate that they're really spiritual. But if they're engaged in activities, sometimes institutional religion, sometimes on their own, uh, if they're engaged in something that shows that involvement in a commitment to the transcendence, then they are, I think, 
spiritual in a way that would be expressing what I would call a narrative value. If you're a decent person, you don't have to find or live or create a meaningful life. It's not something that requires pressure. It may enrich your life to do that, but you don't have to do that. And so that's the first thing. Just know you're not obliged to live a life of the kind of meaningfulness that I've talked about. But having said that, there are tools that you can use to reflect on your life. Tools that will help you to say where it is you've gone, and is this the place that you want to have gone, and is there a place you'd like to go? And that tool, one of those tools, is narrative values. Do I want to live an intense life? Have I lived an intense life? Do I want to live a spiritual life? Have I lived a spiritual life? And so these narrative values become tools for you to ask about the shape of your life and to reflect on the shape of your life, to see whether your life is unfolding in a way that you want to endorse. And so on the one hand, you don't need to. On the other hand, if you'd like to, here's a tool that you can use. You can think about the themes that your life is expressing and ask whether there are values that you would endorse. With, having said that, remember, not all themes or values will want to endorse. There are negative themes uh, that we might not want to endorse. And then we might say, well, my life, boy, you know, I have been doing depression and that's not a theme that I want to continue. So what is a theme that I'd want? So we might want to look at the different themes our lives are expressing, reflect on them, and reflect on our trajectory, and then ask, is that who I want to be? And then use these values as a tool, not necessarily the only tool, but a tool for reflecting on our lives and asking where we might want to go. In as much as we are trying to take hold of our lives and create something positive out of it. I think we're more likely to be open to other people and less likely to be constantly reacting to what's going on around us. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't be reacting to what's going on around us. When people are putting kids in cages and spouting racism uh, and acting with hypocrisy and indecency, we should react to that. But if we define our lives simply by that reactivity, then I think we lose a grip on a place we might go that will make our lives more meaningful to us, that looking back would be things that we would endorse, and that might help us rebuild not concepts of community, but community, might help us rebuild community because we're not simply reacting to one another. Making Meaning is a limited series from Ministry of Ideas. It is produced by me, Zachary Davis, and Jack Pombriand. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us by sharing the show with your friends, subscribing, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. For more information, visit our website at ministryofideas.org. You can connect with us on Twitter, where we're at Ministry of Ideas. You can also email us at Zachary at ministryofideas.org. We would love to hear from you. Ministry of Ideas is a proud member of Hub & Spoke, a Boston-centric collective of smart, idea-driven podcasts. You can check out all of our shows 
at hubspokeaudio.org.